principles to attaining chalak. Number one. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Takoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and so you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you chalak. Believing in his prophets causes you to chalak. There is nobody who comes mightily who does not come mightily without believing in God's prophets. Yes. You see, God has brought a certain humbling reality that you have to accept a man who is also a man. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yes. That's, it's something funny about it. The man is a man, but he is the one that you have to listen to. And why? You two are also a man, and you also want somebody to listen to you. So if nobody can, you cannot be humble to receive from a man, then why should somebody receive from you? No, they also want to hear from an angel. They don't want to hear from you because they know that you are not an angel. Now, you may think that, oh, but everybody believes in his prophets. No. Faith is obedience and obedience is faith. When you believe in someone, all right, it leads you to experience chalak, becoming mighty. If you look at Bishop Oyedepo, who has built one of the largest churches in the world, seating 50 to 100,000 people per service having four of these services. Now, it's literal. It's real and literal. Huh? Only 70,000 come when it rains. Yes. Only 70,000 people come to church when it rains. <laughs> he has become mighty. Yes. Now, Becoming mighty. And you hear him. I, I recently saw a video and he said, he said, I am a replica of Kenneth Hagin. Yes. Not a product, a replica. Yes. Yes. He says he's carrying that same spirit of faith. Yes. Is carrying, he has become, he has come mightily. And he had the largest grass cathedral. His cathedral was made of grass. <laughs> he, his church was made of grass. And he has come mightily. He buys aeroplanes without taking offerings. But there are many people who have listened to Hagen. There are many people who have experienced Kenneth Hagin. But there is a certain belief. Are you with me? And a certain faith. All right? 
that they don't have. And that doesn't let the people become mighty and go over. Believing in God, it says you shall be established, which means you are nurtured. You must believe in God. The word of God, you are nurtured or nest or brought up. You are nurtured. All right? And you become mature in God. But there is an element where you need the presence and the involvement of a human prophet, a human agent, which you are forced to believe in. It's like, it's like that is what God has chosen. That is why when salvation was coming to Cornelius and his household, even though an angel appeared to Cornelius, which we would all like to, um, to Cornelius, the angel told him, send men to, to get to Joppa, to get Peter. And Peter will come to you, and Peter will deliver to you the words. So the angel was not allowed to deliver the message. The message had to be delivered by a human being, Peter. The angel is here, here is Peter. Just tell me what to do to be saved. No, go for Peter. So Peter came and Peter preached in Acts 10. The whole of Acts 10 was Peter's message to Cornelius. And that's where he said how God anointed Jesus Christ with Nazareth, with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went around preaching, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, was Peter's message. That, that, those sentences are Peter's message in Cornelius' house. And then at the end of it, in verse 44, it says, As he yet spake these things, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. So, Peter was necessary. So, when God sends to you the necessary person, you have to take the person very seriously. And it is that person who is most insulted, most accused, most try to set aside before the trick is realized that that's rather the person that you need. Because Satan's attack on you is to make the door you are supposed to walk through look blackish and scary. Uh, when you go through this door, you'll be afraid. If you, if you read Rick Joyner's book on the final quest, you see that the door that he was supposed to enter, you get it? That door was dark and gloomy looking and he, it was frightening what is behind this door but when he went to the door it was glorious so satan's best trick is to darken the doorways so that you don't go through that door but not knowing that that door is the master key to where you need to be and so every servant of god has blackening agents who pour as much vomit and slime on the person as possible Directly or indirectly, insidiously, and whichever way, until it you may if if you if it if you don't overcome it, you miss the greatness that there is that you are supposed to get from that person. And unfortunately, whether men like it or not, you are going to have to go through a man. And the Bible says, believe in God, and what do you get from that? You are established. Definitely, you are established in God. But to become mighty, there will be no mightiness without any ma- a man. It will not happen. It will not happen. 
Tell me who. Tell me who. Tell me who and where. Tell me who and, who and where. Maybe the person hasn't said it. Yes. Maybe the person hasn't said it because there are people who don't say. Or there are people who do well, but they don't say how they do well. Yes. But you see, Bishop Poedepo is an apostle and he's raising up people. So he wants the people to learn and to grow in God. So he will be telling them, do this. I say, I am a replica of Hagen. I follow him. I honor them. He honored, 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 honored these people. And he said he honors him up to today. There's nobody who can say a word about Hagen in, in his presence. Negative. Never. It will not happen. That's why he's mighty and powerful. Far more than most pastors. And you see people who have the audacity to make videos about him and mock him. Yes. But it's his standard. You should know a standard practice. You can even know what they will say. You can even say what they will say. Yeah. So, becoming mighty in ministry is very much connected to your ability to honor your prophet and to receive the prophet of God. Now, many people that have been with me have received me as a, 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 a senior brother. Yes. They have received me as a, a zealous person who wants to kill himself for Jesus. Or as a righteous man. But that's not going to get you far. It's true. As a committed SU brother. Committed SU brother. <laughs> yes. But there must be some power that is at work in the ministry. You know, the other day I was looking on the internet to find ministers in Africa who have even international ministries. And I tell you, you can try looking yourself and see how many ministers in Africa. Very few. Actually, you can count them on your fingers. How many ministers have got two million people following them on, on Facebook, for instance? You can't, you can't even get ten. Yeah. You can check Kenya. I couldn't find even one person in Kenya like that. I was surprised. You can check Kenya. You can check Zambia, Zimbabwe, this, that, that, that. Difficult to find. I thought, oh, there are thousands of people like that. Because, you see, when you have something, you get used to it. In Switzerland, are you with me? In Switzerland, those of you who have not been to Switzerland before, in Switzerland, you can stand by the roadside and a bus will come for you to go anywhere where you are going. And it, there is a timetable on the bus stop. 717, 723, 747, 801. Isn't it? And 
I don't know how they do it because there's traffic. The, the buses are stopped. They, they also follow the traffic lights. And when it says 717, the bus will come at 717. You better believe it. It will be there at 717. Now, come here. Sometimes you complain, isn't it? Come. In Switzerland. What do you complain about the buses? Oh, that they are, they are always late. Like, there can be a particular bus that you say that, oh, this bus is always like four minutes late. I'm running late. Why is this bus always late? So you know that. Yeah, four minutes. If it's four minutes, four minutes is still late because you expect the bus to be here at maybe 8 or 3, and then the bus will come maybe at 8, 11. So. And then you'll be complaining? Yeah, you'll be complaining because the, the bus is making you late. Yes. You miss you miss the connection. You miss the connection. And that bus is making you late. Four minutes late. <laughs> so when, when, when you have something... So have you complained before? Oh, yeah, I've complained before. <laughs> she, she's from Switzerland. She's complained before. Complained that the bus is four minutes late. Now, if you go in Ghana here to try to get a bus, you get it. (laughs) Yes. There's nothing like that. You get it. Yes, there's nothing like that. So what happens is that when you have something good, you get used to it to a point where you actually complain about the good thing. Yes. You, you can actually find people speaking against the super excellent, hyper, fantastic thing that nobody has or experiences ever. It's amazing. Yes. Yes. Because you are used to it. It's been there. It was there at the beginning. It is still there. It's always there. It's one minute late. It's two minutes late. And there they are complaining. Yes. They are complaining. Why is it always late? It's always two minutes late. Beautiful. Have you complained about two minutes late before? How many minutes late? Oh, I can't really remember, but usually... I would, yeah, you'd complain because you don't, you also don't want to miss the connection. Yeah. Yeah. She's complaining about a bus that's two minutes late. Four minutes late in French. Yes. Wow. So when you are in a good church and you have your man of God and your prophet, after a while, you may even say that, why doesn't he? Why didn't, doesn't he give us the book on Chalak before preaching about it? <laughs> so we can follow the, the message. Yes. It's because you have too many books. You don't even know. You have so many points. You don't even know what it's about. You don't, you don't, it, it's nothing to you. Yes. And so you find people, first of all, becoming familiar and then they don't appreciate and they don't honor and they don't know what they have. Yeah. yeah. 
And gradually, the ability to believe in these things is, is lowered. And that's why you find no matter who, if you don't strengthen yourself to honor and believe in the prophet who God has sent to you, you will never become what you could, you could become. Look, I went to Kenneth Hagin's ministry some years ago. And I went to see the, we went to see the principal, the principal of the Bible school. And we asked him, do they have any problems? He said, oh, the usual problem. I said, like, that has worked. Well, I can't see any problem here. He said, oh, you see across the road? I said, yeah. Here's the Bible school. Here's the road. Across the road. All those houses are our houses. And our students live there. He said, to get students to come from that room across the road to here. He said, there is a very great, the man said, the word is a very great prophet like Kenneth Hagin. It's ministry, but they will not come. Yes. But you have come from Ghana to come here to come and listen. Yeah. And that is why you have somebody in Nigeria saying that he is a replica, not a product of Hagen. And mentioning his name. And using faith to do great exploits in God. And whether the people in his church also believe him or not, that's also the other question. So, brothers and sisters, I'm just telling you, without you taking seriously the prophets that God has given to you, you will not become what you can become. You don't push forward genuinely. And when I say genuine, like genuine advancement, genuine, like real progress. This chalak is about real progress in your life and ministry. Genuine pushing forward. Genuinely becoming, getting to the place where as I sat with Benny Hinn to have dinner with him, that is how you will be at a, a certain level of ministry relating with what looked distant to you in the name of Jesus Christ. So, the anointing of the Lord is available for all those who are believing God to chalak and move forward. Believe in God. Believe in his prophets. Now, what is the difference between believing in God and believing in his prophets? Believing in the God's prophet is like believing your father and your mother. Yes. You see, your father and your mother are human beings. And they are also capable of mistakes, sins, errors. Do you see? And they will make mistakes and they will make errors. Like somebody said, you've never been a father before. This is your first time of being your father, a father or a mother. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 3. You shall fear every man, his mother and his father. You shall what? Fear. You shall fear them. Fear your father and your mother is 
an important scripture warning. Father and mother, what are they? Oh, don't mind. You see, when we read on, it says, curse your father, curse your mother. That's what people are doing. You shall fear every man, his mother, and his father. That's how a prophet is. At a point, you easily not believe. That is why Jehoshaphat had to exhort the people, believe in the Lord your God, but believe his prophets too. Believe his prophet. What the Bible says, honor your father, and mother. That is good. That is right. That's what is right. That's the right thing. If the person is your father, that's what he's saying is the right thing. And it is true. If you look at any child, what your father is saying is the right thing. It only gets to a point where you are now on your own in a certain sense. That's the right thing. You shall fear every man. So, there is a sense in which God will speak to you his word, but will test you with his prophets. Yes, it's a test. It's a test. It's a test. And you must win that test. You must pass that test. You must pass that test. And you can see, as the years go by, people lose the ability to really believe in. And that is why we teach honor your prophet. When I started the first love church, I said, look, Honor your prophet is one of the cardinal principles because I can see that many people, especially people who are associated with you, close to you, and been around you for years, they get used to you. They get used to you. That's why I keep moving on. I keep moving on. I keep moving on. Oh, yes. I keep moving on. And if a goat has to do your work, or a dog has to do your work, he will rise up and do your work. Yes, if you don't value it. You will see a goat doing it. And you'll be shocked. You say, a goat? You say, yeah, a goat has taken your place. Yes. And that's where you see whether the church is being run there or here or wherever, it is what God is doing that matters. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's not the institution. Pray that every institution will go on when the, the leader is not there. You should pray about that. As to whether it will go on or not, nobody knows. Only God knows. But it is what God is doing with his servant. And you must accept this reality. At every stage, God has somebody that he's using. He's using Moses, then he's using Joshua, then he's using David, then he's using Solomon, then he's using whoever. And I mean, you just have to flow with what he's doing. And when Jesus heard of John the Baptist, he says, God is moving there. He also arrived. He said, Charlie, John the Baptist, it is. We are going for baptism. That's all. I mean, there's no struggle. He will always use a man. And if you want God to use you as he uses a man, you have to accept when he's using a man. You have to accept these realities and flow with them. And I'm saying it because that is exactly what does not happen. Don't think that doesn't apply to you. You see, even those who are close, you you can see the familiarity as it sets in. But until you are replaced or you are changed, that's when you see that you were familiar. And that's when you see that your absence or your presence doesn't matter. It probably never has mattered. I say your, your absence doesn't matter. Your presence doesn't matter. That, and that's when you find out, when you are changed, okay, another person should do this. Okay, bring this person here. 
Okay, this and that. Then you realize that, look, it's just a privilege. So you must learn to believe and to be... to Look, and also, if you are not the type, if you are not like John, you should never be close. You see, John was able to stay close to Jesus. And he, he, he loved him more. Jesus, he loved Jesus more. Even when he was on the cross, his eyes were full of admiration for Jesus. Even when Jesus was on the cross naked, though, his eyes were full of admiration. How do you think John was... How do you think John was when Jesus... Was stand, lying naked on the cross. That was he thinking that his leader was defeated? No. no, no, no. His eyes were full of love and admiration. He, he called himself the one whom Jesus loved. He wrote the book of John after Jesus died. Jesus rose from the dead. Then he wrote all these things. And Jesus appeared to him in the book of Revelation, over showing him great visions. His eyes were full of all the people at the cross loved Jesus. All the people at the cross loved Jesus. Mary Magdalene loved Jesus. Mary, the mother of Jesus, loved Jesus. John loved Jesus. These were the three people. The main people at the cross were these three. Do you think they were thinking that their Savior was defeated? Their eyes were filled with admiration and love, even as he was on the cross. And if you have spiritual eyes, you will know that he's accomplishing the greatest achievement to be on the cross at that time. Yes. If you know you are not like John, don't be near Jesus. If you don't have John's eyes, don't be near. Because your nearness will be your undoing. Are you with me? Your nearness will be your undoing. Because of the way you see things. And the way you think. The Bible says in Luke, it says, if your eye is evil, the whole body is full of darkness. If your eye is evil or single, the whole body is full of light. But when your eye is evil, what does it mean when your eye is evil? When your eye is evil, it's the way you see things. You see wrong things. You see, you see wrong things. You see, you categorize things. As soon as you see, you are categorized. He likes this. He likes this. He likes this. He's doing this. He's doing that. You categorize and you see things that are innocent or things that are whatever. You see evil in it. When your eye is evil, it means you don't see well. And if your eye is evil, you shouldn't be near. Because when you see Jesus on the cross, you even despise him as Everybody was passing by despite. Only three lovers were standing by the cross. John, Mary Magdalene, and his mother. You think Mary, his mother was despising him. She was looking at his son. And he was saying, these wicked people, look at what they've done to my son. Jesus said, behold your mother. He told her, behold your son. I know the two of you belong to each other. you know you can't be like John, then don't go near God's servants. Don't hang around too much. Don't even be in the church. Because your eye is evil and your whole system will be full of that because of the, an eye is evil means it's the way you see things. The way you see things. Everything you see, you see money, you see 
categorization you see liking this one likes this one this one is this this one has this what somebody has what somebody doesn't have who is higher than who who is better than who who are favored who are not wanted who is this who does this Catherine Kuba said she learned long ago that inquisitive people are evil people at a certain point yes why do you want to know this I am saying this to say that you cannot come mightily when many things distract you from believing in God's prophet. And if being near God's prophet is not helpful to you, then be far. Lest being near a prophet will lead a curse to enter you that you cannot recover from. One day, of course, a brother said, let's go and visit he said, no, this man, he curses easily. He may curse us this evening by mistake. Like something will come up and then he will speak a curse. So I don't want to. And he didn't come. He said, I, I will be safer. And he didn't go. First John 1. 1. That which was the beginning, this is John, which we have heard. We heard it all. Not that somebody told us. Not a third party story. That which we have seen with our eyes. Then we have looked upon. Looked upon him. Seen with our eyes, with an evil eye. If his eye was evil, his whole life would have been full of darkness. He said, we saw with our eyes. And then we, he, he was trying to say that we look further and deeper. Look at it. And we, which we have looked upon. Wow. What's the difference between we have seen with our eyes and looked upon? There must be some difference. It means looking deeper. I look closer. I look even closer at Jesus. And then look at it. Physically, our hands have physically handled him. We touched him physically. Physically, we have handled him. We physically handled him of the word of life. Verse 2. For the life was manifested and we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father was manifested unto us. Like God became a flesh. Remember he said it in John. The word became flesh. Verse 3. Beautiful. Then he goes on to say, that which we have seen and we have heard, we declare. That's what the basis of our preaching. The basis of our preaching is what we have seen and what we have heard. It's not a base. It can either be the basis of your criticism and your curse. Or it can be the basis of your ministry. It's one of the two. It can be the basis of your distraction or the basis of your ministry. Read it and see. The basis of all ministry is what you have seen and what you have heard and is based on what you were close to. And if you know you are not capable of being close, you must resign and be far because sometimes when you are far, you receive more and be blessed far away. And that you may also have fellowship with us. 
We also want you to be close to us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Some of us have attended too many camp meetings for the camp meeting to benefit you. Too much. You've seen too much. You've looked at too much. You've handled too much. And it's now not even useful to you. Because your consciences are being seared. Yes. That's why you notice when I have camp meetings, then I stop them. Anybody who's watching say, I'll have camp, I'll have camp, then I stop having the camps. Is this? That's why I stop. Because you can see that there's a certain value for the great words that are being spoken. Words which have started over 4,000 churches. Practically. And the great anointing, they don't value it anymore. And because of that, what do you do? You leave it and you move on. I just keep moving on. Watch me closely. Any work you are doing can be done by somebody else in my ministry. Yes. Anything you are doing can be done by another person. If you want to see, you can watch and see. You think you are the, the best or the whatever. Another can arise. And you won't even believe it. God will raise up a goat to replace you. God forbid. It will never happen to you. Amen. Amen. I am saying to become mighty requires a certain belief and a certain grace in your relation to the prophets of God, the servants of God. Yeah, it's very important. And John gives us the best example of a person who was close. And I like the way he described in detail. It's, it's, it's not something that somebody told us in First John 1, 1. That which we have seen from the beginning. We had ourselves we seen with our eyes. Then we look deeper at it. Then we physically handled. You know, one day I, I gave somebody a handshake. Oh, how, how are you? The person didn't bath. There are many of you, I'll give you a handshake or even, I don't even, uh, handshake. Immediately you are watching a coronavirus. I'm not saying you shouldn't wash your hand or please wash your hand. But I'm just telling you how somebody values the anointing. We don't even shake hands nowadays. Are you still around? Or you are leaving? Yeah. So, very important for you to clear up in yourself the ministry of the prophet. And, of course, we have been saying honor your prophet. But first, when I used to preach about Chalak and the man, whenever I used to emphasize on the, the word prophet, but the agent of the power. You see, the power source in, in Ghana is Akosombodam. But, if you want power to boil 
water to practically make tea or coffee, you do not have to go from here to Akosomo about 200 kilometers. You have to find one of those plastic sockets. Plastic weak looking sockets. And connect your plug to that weak looking socket. And you'll be directly connected to Akosombo power. Nobody goes to Akosombo to boil his kettle. Even when you get there, you, 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 you cannot, uh, I mean, you don't know how do you connect to the water in the dam. And the type of power that is coming from there, we don't use it to, 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 to boil water. You want to iron your shirt? You want to put on a light? You want to have light? You will not have to go to Akosomo. And that's why people say, after me, I'm dealing with God. I don't, I don't need, I, I want to deal with God directly. Believe in God. That's a damn there. You are going to get to boil your water. You are going to boil your water to make tea. You are connecting your kettle. Switch on the kettle. To this thing, you are traveling there to the largest man-made lake in the world just to put on whatever. Continue. And let's see whether you don't die before you, you, you drink your tea. Common sense tells you what to do. But when it comes to spiritual things and you see the source of power and you see, let me call it, but you look at it and say, ah, the, the plaque right, is dirty. Yet you connect to the dirty plug and switch it on to charge your phone. Do you charge your phone at Akosombo? Can you imagine the queue that will be at Akosombo for us to charge our phones? All of us on a cast in a long one logo logo line trying to charge our phone at a, 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 a hydroelectric dam or a nuclear plant. God is the nuclear plant. God is the Akosombo dam. But you can't easily get to the Akosombo Dam. You have to do make do with the plastic, whatever, that small, whatever, unimpressive thing that you don't even respect. You have to deal with it. That's what you deal with. That's what you have to deal with. You have to accept it. You carry your fridge to Akosombo. Somebody here wants to carry his fridge to Akosombo. To cool his uh, 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 things. How long will you wait over there to connect it? And and you'll be shocked that at the end of the day they will still give you a socket. Ah, what a shame! You see now. So, brothers and sisters, this socket. Is all you need. That's the prophet. That's the pastor. That's the agent. I know it doesn't look like much. I know that even when you touch it, nothing happens. But if you can find three pins and have a way of going into it, you are going to connect and you will see some. You have to have a yes, you have to have a proper relationship with this socket. Yes. 
You have to have a proper relationship with the socket. If you don't have a proper relationship with the socket, just touching it, smoothing it, tapping it, hitting it, it doesn't help. How does it help us? Are you there? Amen. Now, be blessed. You may be seated. Raining for you, raining for you, and I'm just 16. Raining for you, raining for you, and I'm just 16. When Uzziah was 16 years old, he began to reign in Israel. He reigned in Israel for 52 long years. Uzziah listened to his mother. He did what was right in the sight of God. Ooh, yeah. He walked in the ways of his father. I know I'm not too young, too young to reign for you. I want to reign as a king for Jesus. Jesus, I am ready to be a priest for you. Thank you for calling me, for calling me so young. Reigning for you, reigning for you when I'm just 16. Come on, reigning for you, reigning for you when I'm just 16. Uzziah sought God in the days of Zechariah Who had understanding in the visions of God And as long as Uzziah sought the Lord God made him to prosper Uzziah fought against the enemies He broke down the walls of the enemies Ooh, yeah, and God helped him. I know I'm not too young, too young to reign for you. I want to reign as a king for Jesus. Jesus, I am ready to be a priest for you. Thank you for calling me, for calling me so young, reigning for you. Raining for you when I'm just 16. Come on, raining for you. Raining for you when I'm just 16. I'm past 16 now. I don't want to waste my life. Doing all sorts of things with my body. I heard of Uzziah, the little boy who became a king. I want to work for Jesus from 16, just like Uzziah, the young king. You can use me, Jesus, ooh yeah, to work for you, yeah. I know I'm not too young, too young to reign for you. I want to reign as a king for Jesus. Jesus, I am ready to be a priest for you. Thank you for calling me, 
for calling me so young. Raining for you, raining for you when I'm just 16. Come on, raining for you, raining for you when I'm just 16. Oh yeah, raining for you, raining for you when I'm just 16. Oh, raining for you, raining for you when I'm just 16. Come on. Just like Uzziah, you can use me, Jesus, ooh, yeah, to work for you, yeah, yeah. I know I'm not too young, too young to reign for you. I want to reign as a king for Jesus. Jesus, I am ready to be a priest for you. Thank you for calling me, for calling me so young. Raining for you, raining for you when I'm just 16. Come on, raining for you, raining for you when I'm just 16. Oh yeah, raining for you, raining for you when I'm just 16. Oh, 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 oh,